Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. What matters most? What do we need to change? It's different for everyone. You're listening to Short Black with me, Sandra Sully. Good women, great chat. Welcome to the fourth episode of our Women in Racing series. Today we talk to two ladies who form part of Channel 10's Spring Carnival crew. Our first guest was born into racing. Her dad's a jockey and a trainer, and her grandmother was the first woman to get a trainer's licence in Western Australia. Not only will she be the first to talk to the winning jockey of the Melbourne Cup, she'll also be the first female to provide Channel 10's race day coverage on horseback. To say she's excited, well, that'd be an understatement. Brittany Taylor, welcome to Short Black and congratulations on your new role. Thank you for having me. No, I'm very excited about the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Now, it's the first time for Channel 10 we've got a female jockey uh, doing the mounted interviews post-race. Yeah, it's a a really exciting time, really. It's something that I I started doing in Perth, my hometown. Tell us about where you grew up. Racing and horse riding is a real passion for you. It is. My dad was a jockey at the time that I was born, and I was essentially born into racing on the day that I was born. He had a ride in a, a race called the Ascot Gold Cup, and the story goes that he saw my birth, and then the nurse turned around and said to mum, where's your husband? And uh, she said, oh, no, he's had to go to the sauna to lose a couple more kilos to get to the races to ride. And he won the Ascot Gold Cup that day. And uh, I remember on my 21st birthday, I got out the cup and it, it was the drinking cup for the day. So we still have it. And, and so the story always goes that I was bored into racing and there was probably nothing else that I was ever going to be a part of. If the truth be known, really, your family's love affair with racing really starts with your grandmother. It does. She, way, way back when, she wanted to be a trainer and she went to the offices and asked for a licence and she said they told her three words and it was never, never, never. A female couldn't be a trainer. It was as simple as that. And with persistence, she eventually was granted a trainer's licence and that's where the family dynasty started. It is just mind-blowing to me now with how many opportunities women are afforded, that that's where it all started, that it was a blanket no for her. And your grandmother, Lois Taylor, became the first women's trainer in WA, didn't she? The first one to get the licence. She did, and uh, it was a very much a, a male-dominated world. So she had to be extraordinarily strong and resilient, I guess, to put up with the pushback and, and no's and... Uh, just fight her way to be able to do what she wanted to do. You've had a fair bit of experience in racing coverage, haven't you? Tell us what you've been doing. Yeah, over the last couple of years, it's been a a really quick rise, I guess, uh, in the work that I've been doing. I was, I guess, thrown in the deep end early one day. It was only a, a few years ago where I did my first sky racing coverage. I think it was from Kalgoorlie. And I just remember I had the sweatiest palms that day. And I remember after the first chunk of going to air, I said, I am never doing this again. I was just so nervous. I made so many mistakes. And it's just amazing how the more and more you do it, it just becomes so much more natural and, and easier as you go. And 
as it turns out, over the last couple of years, I've been able to get that experience in in radio, in live TV coverage with Sky Racing, and also not just the hosting component, but then the horseback interviews as well. So it's been a really diverse couple of years when it comes to racing media. I always wonder what it's like to wrangle a horse while you've got a microphone in one hand and you've got to ride so close to that jockey, not to mention all the adrenaline, the exhilaration, particularly the day a jockey's just won the Melbourne Cup. It's going to be just crazy. You are capturing, I guess, what could probably be the best moment of their life or definitely the best moment of their career. And I think the moment almost takes care of itself, that that natural raw emotion will come out. But yeah, when it comes to the horse itself, you, you need to have that affinity with the horse that you're riding. And they're amazing. The horses that are used for horseback interviews, they're, they're usually clerk of the courses and they know their job. They basically steer you around. And uh, really? I've gained a really great relationship with the horse I ride in Perth, Jarmies. We know each other back to front now. And uh, yeah, it's not too hard to ride one handed with the microphone and the other. So what are your plans in getting to know the horse that you'll be riding during the Melbourne Cup Carnival? My plans are to meet the horse that I'm going to be riding pre-Cup. Apparently his name is Ernie, so I will uh, meet... Brittany and Ernie. Brittany and Ernie, I quite like it. They tell me he has a brother called Bert, and I don't know if they were just joking or they were serious, but uh, I look forward to meeting him, and uh, I'll have a ride around Flemington on a race day prior to the Cup Carnival week just to get to know him, And but honestly, the horses that they use are, are really, really good. Now, you've actually never been to the Melbourne Cup Carnival, I'm told. Never, which is just crazy to think that it's an event that 100,000 people go to every year, and for my first Melbourne Cup, I'm going to have the best seat in the house. You know, there's no fighting for a TV screen or having people nudge you. It's just going to be me sitting on the back of a horse out there on the Flemington track itself. I I, really, I have to pinch myself. Now, you really know how to ride a horse. You're currently doing track work and have done for some time. Yeah, I've ridden track work for Dad for a number of years now. I still ride probably eight horses a morning before running off to media jobs. So it's something that I love to do and, and be a part of that family business. And Dad rides as well. So, you know, we, we go out together and you're involved from the ground up when a horse comes into work as a baby and you're part of the education process to the time that it gets to the big races. And there's something about going on the journey with a horse like that that is uh, really special. You've got a degree in public relations. So did you ever imagine uh, your love affair with horses, your family history, working the family business and combining your professional career would turn out to be so amazing? Never in a million years could have I imagined that this is where I would be Now, when I was young, I always used to actually make videos and looking back now, I'd make these little documentaries. My first Holy Communion, I have this very embarrassing video where I'm making mum film a documentary of me getting ready and I was just presenting to the camera. So it's probably no surprise where we look back now and my year seven graduation slideshow says I want to be a TV presenter. But then as it went on, a lot of people talked me out of it. And, and so when I went to uni, I had a real interest in business. And so I wanted to do a commerce degree and uh, went down the path of public relations. But I have never even really needed to use that printed degree uh, for anything at this stage. But I, I think it does help having that public relations mindset, even within the media in terms of branding and everything like that. But it was uh, never where I thought I would end up. Now, surely your families and yours association with racing is 
going to provide you an incredible back pocket encyclopedia of detail that you don't even know is there. For example, all the jockeys' names, you know, the current flavours of the month, that's got to make it that much easier when you're building relationships on the back of the horse. You know, there'll be eight races on the card some days and you'll be busy. Very busy. And I think the difficult thing about horseback interviews is that you can't have the notes with you. It really has to be all stored up there in your brain. And I live and breathe racing. There is not a day that goes by that I'm not watching trials, not watching races. I pretty much watch every race around the country. So you do build up just that base knowledge. But at the same time, when you when you come into a Cup Carnival Week, there's a lot of research that's required, the form that you have to do. As you mentioned, some days there'll be eight races, there'll be probably 10 races. We're looking at maybe 40 races across that one week. And I think just that research component is going to be really important just to make sure that I know every little detail, you know, if it is someone's first group one or it is their third Melbourne Cup, it's just, it's important to know all those details and have them locked and stored away in my memory because uh, once I'm out there, it's just me and the horse and there's no, and the no, reli- yeah, and there's no reliance on any notes. How will you calm your nerves on the day? I think there's something about being with the horse that relaxes you. There's something about the horse as an animal that once you jump aboard, there's just this and a healthy adrenaline and you're at peace with the horse that I think I'll be fine. Have you ever had a horse you couldn't handle? No, not in a post-race interview perspective. Sometimes they try and nip each other and they're a little bit annoying Feisty. to each other, yeah, but... Uh, Jami's, I basically rode the whole way through it in Perth and uh, no, he's wonderful. So you just got to develop that same relationship with Ernie. Absolutely. Ernie and I are going to be best friends by the time the week is over. (laughs) (laughs) What does someone like Michelle Payne mean to you? I, uh, I just watched the movie Ride Like a Girl and it just stands for so much. And I go back to Nanny's story being the first female and being told no. And I think there are just so many themes in that movie that really resonated with me because of my grandma's story, whereas I feel really lucky that I haven't felt that sort of resistance within the media. But what she did that year was just remarkable. It was a real moment of smashing through glass ceilings. In time to come, I think we'll see many females ride Melbourne Cup winners. What did you think of the movie itself? I loved the movie. Stevie Payne is the absolute highlight of the movie. He is just so naturally funny. And I think I went into it a little bit uh, wary. And I think racing people do because we look at it with a a real critical eye because in in years gone by, people have done racing movies that probably haven't... uh, Kind of missed the mark. They have. They miss the key components that is racing and, and things just don't look right. Whereas I think they got the detail right. They really got it right. It looked very authentic and uh, it was more than just a racing story too. It's a story about family, about a family living with a child with disabilities. And There's just so much in it. I just walked away. It was a real feel-good movie. Do you remember the moment itself? Were you watching? Yeah, I, I would have been at Ascot in Perth and... Uh, I've never managed to back the Melbourne Cup winner. It's, I just <laughs> Most of us haven't either. <laughs> it, it, it's just extraordinary. It's actually, it is the hardest race and it's, you know, the one race a year everyone asks you who's going to win and it's the hardest race to try and decipher. So never in a million years would have I thought Prince of Penzance could have won, but uh, when he did, just the enormity of it all was immediate for me. I just went, wow, Michelle Payne's won the Cup. This is huge for women. And I think when you're watching the race, you saw the horse win and it took a few minutes 
to realise, OMG, mm. a female jockey's just won the Melbourne Cup. This is history in the making. The history, it, it's, it had never, ever been done before and the Melbourne Cup's history just goes on and on forever in a day. And it was the first time. It, it was really a, a groundbreaking moment. Now, how familiar do you need to be with the track itself? Well, I think uh, the practice that I get the time prior when I go and ride around Flemington, that will be helpful just to know the barrier position and and where I need to be in terms of when the gates open, where I need to stand uh, with my horse waiting for the jockey to cross the line. But I've done it at a few tracks now and you just tend to adapt, follow the field around and find a spot and then go get the jockey after. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about. There'll only be roughly 120,000 people trackside and a couple of million people (laughs) watching. watching. That's okay. Around no the pressure. World. <laughs> I'll tell you one little lame Melbourne Cup story because I worked on the coverage for about seven years and I was learning to ride at the time and I had the great privilege of being asked to get on board Sub-Zero. Oh, wow. And so it was at Flemington and, you know, put the jobbers on and the boots and I'm down there with Graham Salisbury and, you know, he's leading me around with Subby. Then he decides to lead me across the start of the straight and just before he opens the gate for us to walk on, and I'm thinking I'm going to break out into a canter, you know, like, <laughs> here we go. He said, just be mindful, Subby's won the cup and they always know when they're near the straight. So if there's a quick dash to the right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, this wave of anxiety and nerves kicked in. And, and how I, did it go? I just gripped for grim death, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and really, we had, we barely made a canter. Of course. And Subby was so tired and he really just kind of meandered across the back of the straight. I'm looking right going... Wow, I'm looking down the straight. What an experience for Flemington. you! Because you talk about ambassadors amongst racing. Subby is the best equine ambassador, if not the best ambassador for racing yeah. over the years. He's just extraordinary. Yeah, I've still got pictures of that. I look about twelve, <laughs> and uh, I made sure I had ponytails, but you know, on either side. <laughs> Down my, um, you know, sort of You're real cowgirl. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what was that great riding kids movie with the with some sort of pony club? The Saddle Cop? Yeah, I felt like I was a member of Saddle Cop. <laughs> <laughs> I loved watching that growing up. I always thought I was Stevie. <laughs> Just my old bag version of Saddle Club. But that was, um, that was such a thrill to be astride a horse at the start of the Flemington Strait. Wow. I'm yet to experience it. And yeah. that, I think I'll have that exact moment that you did. And it's such a long straight too where you look down and you think, wow. <laughs> the other thing with that, a lot of people who don't get racing just enjoy the day for everything it brings. I always encourage people to go to a track and stand trackside when the field comes pounding down. There's nothing like those hooves pounding the track and you see the horses loving it and going for it and the jockeys holding on with their big toes and their knees, the strength in their legs is extraordinary. The balance that is required is extraordinary. They do a phenomenal job and this is all sitting at 50 kilos as well and you ask fully grown men to think about, imagine getting your weight down to 50 kilos and they just couldn't imagine doing it. They're already weakened by the dieting and the stripping Mm. And then they're basically in slippers. Yeah. What they do is extraordinary. And uh, I not only encourage people to go up to the fence and have an actual look at that, but go to the mounting yard as well and look at the horses because they are really 
athletes and you can see the muscle definition on them and see that each of them have a different personality as well. Some of them will be overawed by the occasion and start breaking up into a sweat or get up on their toes and some of them will just be old codgers that just have their head down and just mosey around. And I say, always say to people, just go have a look at them in the yard and have a dollar on so that you're invested, so that the race day isn't just about the champagne, so that for two minutes every half an hour, you have your dollar invested and you have a reason to cheer something home. Mm. And for those that don't get racing, they haven't actually seen how the horses respond when they make their way out of the mounting yard. They're on their way towards the straight and they hear the crowd. And it's You go see time. them physically lift. Some of them prance mm-hmm. like prima donnas, don't they? Absolutely. The second they're let out onto the track to complete their preliminary, it's wow, it's go time. And uh, you see them just charge into the bit and they know it. it's race time. Listen, Brittany, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Best of luck for an incredible week. This will be a milestone in your career. The first of many, I'm sure, but it's a really big job and, you know, you're going to kill it. Thank you. hope so. (laughs) Hi, guys. It's Barry Dubois here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, but if you're looking for something else to listen to, head over to Hammer at Home next. It's where I interview interesting people from all walks of life. It's a lot of fun and I'd love to have you in our company. See you over at Hammer at Home. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Also extremely thrilled to have Francesca Kumani join us here at 10 as part of our commentary team. Now, I caught up with her for a chat earlier this year at Royal Ascot. Well, Francesca, uh, Royal Ascot is just the epitome of the best in racing around the world. How do you compare something like this, with all its pageantry and finery, to the Spring Carnival and Melbourne Cup? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Sandra, with pageantry. So this is something that the Royal Ascot meeting has that you don't really get anywhere else in the world. The fact that before racing, every day, you get the amazing Royal Procession. Just the sight of Her Majesty the Queen coming down the track in the carriage with these beautiful horses, the amazing uniforms it's a sight to behold and this place in the parade room where they arrive is just like 15 people deep uh, waiting for her arrival and so happy to see her here and of course the gold cup is really the equivalent of the melbourne cup when it comes to the whole race week this is the epitome of the week isn't it it's what everyone wants to win the gold cup it's funny isn't it how these days there's so much emphasis on speed and two-year-old horses yet it's still these long distance staying races that really capture the imagination there's a slight difference in the fact that the melbourne cup is a handy cap and so often has a big field and often it gives the sense that you know really any horse can win the gold cup maybe is a little bit more elitist because it's a wait for age race it's over two and a half miles so it's a real test of stamina now of course francesca you've been the face of racing in australia for a number of years but we're thrilled to have you as part of the 10 family coming up and we can't wait to see you in melbourne that's very kind of you i'm really honored and flattered as a pom to be considered the face of australian racing i wouldn't miss the flemington carnival for the 
world, the Melbourne Cup is so much part of my year. And, you know, you talk about the differences and the similarities between Royal Ascot and Melbourne, but there's nothing like it. In the build-up to the Melbourne Cup, when the horses are behind the stalls, you can just feel the sense of anticipation building in the crowd and the roar when the gates <laughs> open. There is nothing like it. And I cannot wait to be back this year and with 10 this year. Now, you just did mention the roar of the crowd, and that is a distinct difference here. Everything's a little more understated, a little more We're subdued. English, aren't we? We like to kind of keep things proper. And so I find it interesting that that's what, you know, you really remember and, and love about the Cup is that the crowd is so into it in such a vocal way. Yeah, you know what? The raw emotions, actually, I don't know if you've noticed, but here at Ascot, often when you have a winner, everyone's still quite subdued, whether yes. it's owners, <laughs> trainers, whoever it is. What I love about Australia is everyone just goes wild Mad. when they win, whether it's the strapper, whether it's the big syndicate of people who own the horse, whether yeah. it's the trainer. That kind of raw emotion, especially from a TV point of view, you would know, like, that's what we want. We yeah. want people going wild. We want people to infect everyone at home with that enthusiasm, with that passion about what racing means to them. Because yeah. here in England, it's hard to sell it to the public so much. Whereas in Australia, what is it? One in every 300 people has a share in a racehorse. So that's an amazing statistic and one that we love. And of course, the nation stops, unlike here, the nation stops to watch the Melbourne Cup. And um, look, I've been at Royal Ascot the last two days, and I have to say, I, I can't kind of live in fear for the moment when the Queen passes because do you think it'll diminish racing to a degree within the eyes of the British public because she has been she hasn't missed a race day in over 70 years which is extraordinary in itself she is a huge uh, hugely passionate fan of racing and not just because she has to it's not part of her duties it's just something that uh, is so deeply rooted in her she loves the horses she loves breeding owning experiencing everything that there is with the horses herself so you're right she wouldn't miss a day at Royal Ascot and, yeah, there is a genuinely real concern that when she's no longer with us, it is going to be a bit harder to, to sell. But there's plenty of members of the royal family who do still love it, and um, we hope that that tradition can continue. And, look, a lot of it is uh, what comes with the royal meeting, whether it is the, the procession, which will still carry on, and um, the beauty of seeing all those colours and the horses. And then... The racing is still what keeps people coming back and racing's pretty resilient. We'll be all right. You have been listening to Short Black, a 10 News First podcast for 10 Speaks. To make sure you don't miss any of our great chats, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.